Well, uh, we were discussing before we started recording, and we're both not sick, but not well. Yeah. We call that the Harvey Danger Zone. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. And as soon as my freaking pen charges... I'm trying to remember what song that was. <laughs> then exactly. I will be high also. Well, that was Flagpole Center. The one also where they invented coping and seething, I think. The Cretans coping I, and seething. I think the I've lyric seen is different, but TikTok, I like... TikTok, I've seen Zoomers discovering Harvey Dangerfield. Like, discovering oh, that, this song. That is it's, interesting. It's blowing their minds. Here we go! Yeah. That, it that blew could, my mind the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. That could be interesting, yeah. Because Harvey yeah. Danger has not been, um, well, frankly, relevant in like two no. decades. So no, hardly I don't anybody say that remembers to be cruel, it. But you know, yeah. it's an observation. So yeah. yeah, there's like people who really love that song and remember it and hold on to it, and then there's people who like haven't thought about that song in twenty years, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's most people. Now, if I had been feeling well, I would have prepared that song to play, but also then we wouldn't have needed to play that song. So I don't have that song to play. Um, well, and then we don't have to paradox. get the lawyers involved. So, you know, there's right. that too. I do have, you know, we can select from one of the other songs I have, you know. Like <laughs> anyway. Um, we could do, we could do. I'm not sick, but I'm not well. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The, hmm. the remix. <laughs> um, well, Andrew, you want to look at some tailgates? I guess these aren't technically tailgates, but um, well, you 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 put these in, and you said don't look at them ahead of time. So you know, yeah, we've got yeah. we've got another installment of uh, the backs of cars <laughs> from your your local area. Yeah, and I'm driving around. I'm commuting. I'm going to and fro. Um, I, I, you know, uh, over Hill and Dale, I, I, right. I like to grab pictures of some of the interesting, um, backs of hither, cars hither of people in, of in the, in this Inland Empire high desert of California, because I feel like it's an interesting insight into the culture of my area, which I always right. feel that like people who aren't from here can't really understand or totally grok, mm-hmm. um, so I just want it to be understood, you know. I want people to know what I'm going through. So let's look at number one here. This number is like here, a pretty a... basic version. I'd say this is like the most basic type of person around here. They're in a Rav Four. Toyota um, Rav Four. Um, at the very top, right under the right under the center stoplight, we've got a uh, "Let's Go let's Brandon" go Brandon. sticker. <laughs> um, and it's and dusty it's... as hell. It's super dirty. Yeah. Right. We've also got my governor is an idiot. Those also became popular, I'll say, in um, in Michigan as well oh, during the pandemic. Okay, that sort of. I've thing. always said that the Inland Empire is the Detroit of California. I think, yeah, that makes so, sense. So I think right. if people know enough about Detroit, that gives you a good sense of kind of what it's like here. It is interesting that you decide, you know, COVID is the thing that makes you think, oh, my governor is an idiot because they're making us <laughs> lock down and wear masks and stuff. And it's like, no, I think. Uh, time and history has proven that, in fact, you were the idiot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, and then, and then on the left hand side, <laughs> a very beautiful uh, decal. It's got three chickens, three hens, and it says, "I have OCD, obsessive chicken disorder." Yeah, and then a license plate frame that says, "I love my furry kids." 
Uh, so that's interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, what are the two things that people need to know about me? Number one, I'm a Trump Republican, and number two, love my chickens. Absolutely, OMG, I, I love, love my, my animals. I am a yeah. millennial squee. <laughs> my furry so I'm kid. like, I'm like a ta- a fascist who was on Tumblr. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm doing cottage core, but like not in not in the sort of twee, vaguely liberal way. You know, yeah. <laughs> um. So, and number two. Now this two this dials it up a little bit. This is a Ford. Oh, Flex. there's a lot going on here. Okay, yeah. Ford <laughs> Ford Flex, one of the classic cars uh, driven mainly by weirdos. I'm afraid yeah. to say. I almost got a Ford Flex, and I was like, I don't want to be a Ford Flex guy. You know? Yeah, no, you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, um, where? How do you want to work around here, like clockwise? So I'm seeing up at the top right. We've got an American flag with, I believe, that's the Dallas Cowboys star. Yes, yes. Design it's, on it. It's a blue American flag with a blue Dallas Cowboys star on top of it. One of my favorite things, I think, in general, is, um, you know, people in places who like clearly live there, right? Because this car has a California license plate that have, you know, some sort of sports team from somewhere, you know, not close by at all. Yeah, I just I it's like, OK, what are you doing exactly? What are, what are we I, doing here? There's there's a certain type of person and there's a lot of these people in the high desert that like whatever was happening at a very um, formative part of their life in the 90s is what they they've built their identity around. And you remember the Dallas Cowboys were like big for a little while in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So like all of those people love the Dallas Cowboys, regardless of how terrible the team is and how racist they are. They just in fact, yeah. maybe that's even a selling point for them. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Now, to the right of that, I don't know what this I, is. I don't know what that is either. It appears to be some sort of sticker. <laughs> <laughs> If someone can look at the show notes and tell us what this is, I can't. I, I can't, can't even, identify I, it. It looks like it's, it has lettering on it, but it's difficult it's to read. And not very clear what washed out. I tried some, to zoom in. Some sort of extremely baroque sticker. Clearly, next um, is Heritage Fitness. So they're they're repping their gym. Who has one of the worst logos ever made? Yeah, this is not a logo that works well in decal form, as you can see from the fact that all the letters are like screwed up and the fit word fitness is missing an S. Like yeah. they're all over the place. And not the a, kerning a very between bad logo. the kerning between the N and the E in fitness is yeah. like super wide for no reason. And it's like the barbell the goes across the middle. When they when they attempted to <laughs> yeah. apply this sticker. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, because uh, Superman was big in the '90s because of the whole death of the Superman like uh, stunt that they pulled, so they've got mm-hmm. a Superman sticker. Right. Um. I don't think this person reads comic books. I would highly doubt it. Let's see. We've got a uh, Victorville Harley Davidson sticker. <laughs> it's very important that it's the Victorville Harley Davidson. Mm-hmm. Now, now you may have missed it, but if you look up into the right of that Harley Davidson sticker. Yeah, you can see something there's in a, the window that's hanging behind the window. There's a Puerto Rico flag. It looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're repping Puerto Rico. Right. Um, <laughs> they've got a, a decal here for something, and then it says Harvest.org. I've gone to Harvest.org. And oh this no! Appears to be um, some sort of mega church. Uh, Harvest Harvest is a festival. Oh. That's sort of one of those leftovers. Remember like when the hippies in California decided to become Jesus freaks? Yeah. Um, 
that okay. it, they're part of that movement and they have a huge festival every year and Harvest Christian Fellowship from from Riverside yeah. and Harvest Crusades. This is like the most ID poll thing because everyone who's into Harvest Festival is one of those kind of Christians that doesn't go to church, doesn't read the Bible, doesn't know anything about what they believe, but they take enormous pride in every year they go to this one thing. It's like they're Hodge or something. You know what I mean? Like Right. And it seems to be built. If you go to harvest.org, you scroll to the very bottom, you'll see that it says Harvest colon Greg Laurie. So like clearly this is designed around this one particular evangelist type. So which is always a good sign for, for religious <laughs> organizations. Yeah, I think. I'm not I'm not sure if I know that much about it. Um like I'm sure that, who that uh, person five is. minutes of googling, I could find something. Uh, I think I think we can do we can it, save so. this for like a future episode. Or I'm sure like there's probably like a minion death cult to be honest, like <laughs> episode right. on this because it's it's a huge like San Bernardino Riverside Inland Empire kind of a thing. You see it, mm-hmm. you sit all over, and it's a very good sticker to let you know these are the kind of people you should really avoid. Then yeah. af- after that, they've got another Heritage Fit House sticker. Which right. is better? It um, yeah. Well, because this one's a single a single piece sticker rather than well. Being... And they've they've as fascism has become more popular, they've rebranded from Heritage Fitna S to Heritage Fit House. Right. It's so a house it's... where you become fit. Fit house. Yeah. Heritage um... Fit House. Interesting. <laughs> well, they're now. I'm looking here on Google. They're now referred to as the Fit House Heritage. <laughs> the fit house at heritage <laughs> yeah but pretty much yeah um this appears to be a bog standard gym i have to say like there's nothing notable about it at all it it, it is literally a room in a strip mall uh with exercise equipment in it yeah so. that's that's like a that building that they're at is um used to be a costco and now it is just three gyms right next to each other Used to be okay. That's interesting. That it used to be a Costco. Yeah, they. Moved I didn't realize the Costco. that Costco's ever relocated or closed. Well, the, but. our Costco in the high desert is really weird because it serves like way too many people. Like, uh, so they so t- it, they try to optimize it rather than just having a second Costco or something. Exactly. That's yeah. that's the tale of the high desert. They don't want to build infrastructure because because why would we do that for these dirt people? But. <laughs> exactly (laughs) like they so they'll have like one of everything but it's not Mm. enough and everyone drives you know 50 miles to get to it um so what they what they did is they built a bigger costco next to it um sure and then sold that out and now it's like three different competing gyms it's very strange yeah um and and then a buffet w spoon buffet so i don't know there's a buffet next to the gym and if you go to w spoon buffet on yelp all of the ratings are from gym people, mm. which is very funny. Imagine like that's that's quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> going to the gym and then afterward you go to all you can eat Chinese place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then oh, they've wow. got another Harley Davidson and then uh, there's like a Puerto Rico sticker. Yeah. For like some it's 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 made to look like a highway shield. I don't know. Yeah. Some sort of road on in Puerto Rico, I guess. Yeah. Uh, not familiar. I just think um, if you're from Puerto Rico, you should drive a car that's more like a boat. You can't drive a one that's like a box, like a Ford Flex. Like I don't know. I feel like you're you're an island people. You know, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um. 
So number three, this is where this oh, is where it gets wow. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much going this, on here. This person does not have rear visibility because their <laughs> this, entire uh, back window of their car is covered in uh, stickers. A it's, multitude of stickers here. It's a driving got, hazard. I don't know where we begin here. We've got so we've got okay. So we've got one that's about. <laughs> Far left, we've got Second Amendment. It says, you can have my gun when you pry it from my cold, dead hands. And it's got, like, a skeleton holding a gun wearing, like, a tricorn hat. Um, Fascinating. <laughs> Which I always um, think is funny because it's like, you died. You lost. Like, Right. Um, and then in the middle, we have uh, facts don't care about your feelings. Above that is flat earth. And above that is Jesus is Lord, whether you believe it or not. And then just to the right of that, <laughs> fuck racism. With a black which, and white hand dabbing or like. Which, you know, wouldn't have put that and all of the other <laughs> stuff together, frankly. That's an interesting uh, tableau. Yeah, um, there's Johnny Cash fucking, or uh, sorry, flipping off. <laughs> yeah, Johnny Cash. The, and, and that then we've got, one. We've a, got a blacked out L.A. Clippers, like where it's been oh, on this car so is? long. Okay. Yeah, that the sun it's has like black bleach blackened the sticker to where it's just right. the remnants of the residue of the the glue or something that held the vinyl decal. And then above uh, that to the upper left is I think a faded out Raiders logo. Right, and upper right they also have another Raiders sticker. Yeah. Um but then we just have uh we've got a sticker that says Thrash Metal Matters, Megadeth, Pantera, um American what I assume are, are other bands, and then uh, Pink Floyd as well. <laughs> Imagine being into Pink Floyd and, and also Thrash Metal. And and Pantera. Yeah. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting type of guy. Mm -hmm. there's another sticker on here that says viking revolution which like oh okay uh i missed that there's a sticker here i can't quite read it but it's for some sort of targets like i assume for target practice because it's got like a bullseye or like a, a crosshair yeah thing. yeah and there's like a weird ah thing with a star next i don't know what that is yeah something you can't read because behind the wheel marcello yeah that's the something. thing is so this is this is a suzuki 4x4 which means it has a full-size spare tire on the back and they've helpfully put stickers behind the <laughs> spare tire yeah you can't see them like there's Seems one that says dirty hands cut i think it says dirty hands club maybe yeah he's unclear. not into washing his hands uh, yeah and then they've well, got you know. the friday the friday guys the whole like lean the what you know i mean that yeah Damn, yeah. Damn. Uh, Next to the left of the Pantera, that red thing. Do you know what that? It looks like a like I a don't. Punisher Spider-Man combo. Yeah, that's a curious symbol. I don't. What yeah. I, I'm sure that some of these are just impossible like to know from this car know. whether that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's this is so inscrutable. But like, no. this is a very common type of guy here. This mm, is. Mm -hmm. This is what I mean when I say we're like the Detroit flat of, earth facts don't care about your feelings, but also, but also fuck you know, racism. Fuck racism. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's the segment, the tailgates of San Bernardino County. I need, um, I need the New York times to send someone out there to interview these people. So I know <laughs> more about them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or the Atlantic, you know, I am just looking here at your local Costco here off of, uh, off of, uh, I 15 or sorry, yeah. E 15. Um, Thank and you. it looks like, yeah, it looks like it's like catty corner to a boba cafe. And that's pretty choice. I gotta be honest. There's a boba cafe. 
Yeah, me, Sakura Boba Cafe. Let me look on the map here. Where are you looking on, like, Street View or... No, I'm just on Google Maps. I'm looking here at, at the intersection of 7th Street and Loreen Drive. Oh, Lorne Drive. Lorne. Loreen? 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 Lorne? Um, so... Yeah, it's across the street from the, from the Wiener Schnitzel and the Pep Boys. Boy, this is a there's, tableau of, of, of stores that, that you have here. There's, um, there's, a, there's a place called Taqueria Los Hermanos. Every major city in America has to have some sort of taqueria named like that. <laughs> the best thing is if you zoom in, um, there's a bar that, that's, that's down by... Okay, so Samurai Sushi is right behind Sakura. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, Samurai yeah, yeah. Sushi Sakura is, is bomb. It's one of those sushi places owned and operated by Koreans. So there's like all these secret say, Korean dishes. Right. Also, extremely wise move to put a boba cafe like right next to a sushi place. Those are, I feel yeah. are natural, you know, companions. They, yeah, so. yeah. They they work together very well. Um, the I also love this McKay's High Desert Funeral Home. I I, I enjoy the modifier of it's the High Desert one. <laughs> yeah, for the whole High Desert. <laughs> right. Um, the best thing is if you look behind Samurai Sushi, in between Samurai Sushi and U-Haul, there's a mm-hmm. bar there, and you notice how it doesn't tell you the name of it? Yeah, I just see nothing. Like, it ne- oh, bombshells, like if you bar click and on it, it says Bombshells Bar and Grill. But if you look, look at the picture, it doesn't say Bombshells. What does it say? Uh, Johnny Fingers Bar and Grill. <laughs> Johnny Fingers. This, Can you this imagine? to me is Americana right here. <laughs> this this place all growing up was called Johnny Fingers. And right. it was like the joke, like, oh hey, I'll see you at Johnny Fingers. Like uh and the Did thing some is some content moderator at, 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 <laughs> at Google Maps was like that. We can't listen. At some point the name just changed. I don't know. Nobody knows the story. Like it must have been under new management. It kind of happened during the pandemic, so I think people didn't notice. Um, but but the thing is, the joke I always tell people is like the worst part about Johnny Fingers is that the the name is actually a complete sentence. Mm, and that's, that's true. <laughs> it's not um, a guy named Johnny Fingers. It's a guy named Johnny, and it's about what he does. I've just had my mind blown by the fact that your Costco has a car wash. I've never seen that. Oh, you've never seen it? No, I've never, none of the Costco's I've ever been to have, have a car wash. That is Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I, I used is to it, go there a it, lot. Is it like, does it cost money if you're a member or is it free? Like what is no, the it deal? Costs, it costs money, but it's like super cheap. It was like five bucks or something like that. Okay. Yeah, that is pretty, I don't know about you, but like the co- sorts of car washes, automatic car washes you get around here, like they want you to buy like a $20 car wash. It's like, listen yeah here's what i want you to do get my car wet and then dry it that's really all that i require i don't need i don't need the tricolor foaming wax or super deluxe tire cleaner yeah i don't need all that stuff um i do a car there's a new spate of car washes in the high desert called quick quack and i've i've gotten a membership to them and it's like 35 bucks a month this is now the car wash vertical yeah <laughs> uh, quick quack me, car wash yeah so i so car washes uh they have to have weird names right so the big chain here in the columbus area is the moo moo car wash the and everything car wash every 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 one of their uh um 
uh, you know, locations is cow themed. Like they, the car wash oh, is built is to look like a bar or this to look like delightful. a barn. They look like barns. Yeah. And then, and then they try to give them names sort of location based, but also with a cow pun, which sometimes doesn't work, but you know, other times does. So, um, Oh, this is precious. I love uh, this. But then, but then a competing chain opened up, uh, which is which was called the Goo Goo Car Wash. No. Yeah. <laughs> and that's uh, like but I believe, I believe the Goo Goo Car Wash, uh, because they've been the one nearest to me has been uh, undergoing um, rebranding to the Take Five Car Wash. So I think maybe they figured that the name was a, just a little too much. Um, well, if you go to the Goo Goo Express Wash dot com website on the bottom you will see that they are a premier member of the International Car Wash Group, which yeah. includes Car Wash USA Express, Take 5 Car Wash, Supersonic Car Wash, and IMO, which is funny because it's like, wash. well, in my opinion, in this my, is in a my car opinion, wash. your car is dirty, right. <laughs> but the, the, the Take 5 Car Wash is, is, if you go to the Take 5 Car Wash and scroll to the bottom of that, then you see yeah. it's part of the family of, Driven brands, which includes Meineke, Mako, Take Five, uh, oil changes, Car Star, and then all of those car wash places that you mentioned before, plus a few more. So there's someone's trying to conglomerate the auto maintenance scene here. Wow. Um, which I thought it was interesting because we have had the Take Five oil change places, and then I saw that this car wash became a Take Five car wash, and I thought that that is a curious rebranding. Um. Down in Cincinnati, they have one that's Mike's Car Wash, and they spell car wash as all one word, which I find a little weird. That's because that's not car how wash. that word works. Mike's, Mike's Car Wash. Car wash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not aware of any other place that spells car wash as a single word, but there you go. The um, one that, that became here is, uh, is called, that was like really popular, is called Speed Wash, I think. Okay, yeah. No, that's not it. It's not. What is it called now? Oh, I forget. Anyhow, but then Quick Quack is like the new. Oh, is the new competitor. Um, the Quick Quack is fun. They're like a little bit smaller footprint, a little bit, but it was. It's cheap. I mean, you can get a car an unlimited membership, um, for like twenty bucks a month, and I get like the nicer one because I like um my wheels to look shiny so i get the 30 dollars a month one and you can like basically get a car wash a day and it's nice mm. because theirs are like both of the car washes are are either my my near my offices at work or um on my way home like where i would go home so it's pretty right. convenient now did you also see did you look at mumu because they have their tiers of car wash oh i had to look at that let I me mean, go back so it to starts carwash.com yeah, and then click washes. So it washes. starts with the fat-free basic wash and dry. That's now, five dollars. That's uh, I love to be greeted by a fat phobia when I go to wash my vehicle. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. Then then you've <laughs> then you've got the low fat. That's eight dollars. Uh, then the 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 whole plus, and then the creme de la creme. Now wait, they have something called whip cream foam falls. Yeah, um, I've done that. Um, it's not actually like whipped cream, but it does basically do like a waterfall of foam on your car that's yeah. colorful, and I think it's mostly for show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, it's the important man. thing, though. You know, here's my tip. If you're in the Columbus area and you need to get a car wash, go to the Moo Moo Car Wash. Do not go to the Goo Goo Car Wash. The Goo Goo Car Washes are um, worse 
in, I don't in, think in you want like the word goo to be in the title of no, your car wash company because it sounds like bad. Like, yeah, I don't think you do either, which is probably some, why they're renaming all of them. Oh, interesting. The Moo Moo car wash it. is also part of a a a a uh, uh, group of car wash brands uh, known as Express Wash Concepts. Uh, this must be lucrative. I mean, it has to be right because you charge twenty dollars for. A car yeah. wash that costs you almost nothing in electricity because right. the water gets recycled, you right. know? So, like, yeah, this must yeah, be incredibly a, lucrative. It's a pretty, and, and I think I've heard that it makes more sense than, like, people washing their cars, like, when you, you centralize it. It's I, supposed I'm to sort be, of yeah, because you the can recycle and filter the water. Like yeah. yeah. The um, thing is, a lot of these with the, like, you know, the fabric stuff that touches your car, like, those aren't great for the finish of your car. Yeah. Unless they're replaced frequently, and you know My they're not. My understanding is you want a brushless uh, car wash. You want wash. a touchless car wash. Touchless idea. car wash. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. that's not what any of these are, unfortunately. No. No, no. Yeah. The quick quack, um, one of the quick quacks I went to, there now, was- is that spelled quick quack as in normal, or is it like K-W-I-K, K-W- Oh, it is just quick quack. Okay. No, it's just I thought it would quack. be cutesy. See, I'd spell it K-W-I-K, K-W-A-K. I'd be like, you know, but maybe yeah. that's too early 2000s. But I don't know me. why their duck has sunglasses. Like, their mascot's a duck, and the duck wears, like, scary 1910s-era sunglasses mm -hmm. um, that yeah, are classic. spooky yeah. to me. I don't quite like that. Um, well, and for the holidays, they dress him up as Frankenstein, which is scary for that's me. That's curious. Um, <laughs> just seeing a video here from YouTube entitled high speed accident at quick quack car wash. Uh, a, no one was, no one was seriously injured when a customer stepped on the gas instead of the brake and flew through the car wash at high speed. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that I, this, I had at quick quack, I had somebody who was in front of me who wanted to use more of the blow dryer at the end than oh, they were they supposed the to. So they hit the brakes. Yeah. And my car is slowly coming towards them. Slowly and I'm like honking. Them. Yeah, it's like. And they're mm -hmm. looking around like, what? Shut up. And I'm like, I'm going to hit you, dude. Yeah. So. This is the thing about the automatic car wash, you know, that you that has a little conveyor belt is like, let just let it do its thing. Yeah. I realize just, it's not going to get your car as dry as you want. That's kind of the point. Right. Right. Like. Yeah, and they it's have, not supposed they have, if it if you wanted a car wash that did a good job, you'd need to do it yourself. That's well, just and they works. have like free microfiber towels, like at the at the yeah. vacuums, so you See, can in, like in in go Michigan finish you'll have an automated car wash and it'll have like dryers, but then they'll also have like two dudes at the end with uh you know towels that towel your car off if you tip them. So. Oh. Oh, well, they'll nice. towel your car off, and even if you don't tip them, but they'll give you a dirty look if you don't tip them. And it's like, well, but I did okay. <laughs> I hate that. Never mind. Yeah. That's like so American. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, oh, we're supposed to remind everyone. Oh, also the quick quack th thing that's that's difficult is um the one that I went to. There was like a a teenage girl. Who who is an attendant? Like the first thing you you pull up, there's an attendant. They have a little iPad. They they take a picture of your car and your your license right. plate. So they it always seems like a remarkable yeah. It's a weird pro. It's like surely this does not need to be as involved as getting yeah. an iPad out. This is simply yeah. a car wash, but I guess but, not. <laughs> but um, the there there was an attendant there that she kept like very 
very um obviously flirting with me but she was like very definitely a teenager mm. and i was like <laughs> she like tried to talk to me was like yeah well um uh yeah okay thank you i gotta but, go like, now yeah i gotta like what is this what are you doing? Listen, Stop. I don't have a lot of time. I, you know, when I'm <laughs> done it, here, I got to head over to the, to the, you know, to Johnny Fingers. To the adult to store lunch. to get my yeah. adult things. <laughs> like, what do you do? Like, and then I kept thinking, like, is she doing this? She's going to get, she's going to get hurt. She's, something bad's going to happen. This yeah. is how you get murdered. This is like the start of a Law and Order episode. Like, mm-hmm. don't pick older men up at the car wash. Yeah. On your on the job. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. So anyway. I stopped going to that one. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> <laughs> I can never come here story. again. I can never yeah. go to that one again. That's just super awkward. Um also the, oh, the last thing we wanted to remind you is I put a thing in here because we're supposed to talk about our Patreon. We hate talking about it, but go sign up for our Patreon Patreon or don't. I don't care. Whatever. Um it helps run the network and all of yeah. that. It's just, uh, the stuff costs money, hosting and whatnot. So yeah, so help and um, and we we don't really contribute anything to that. We're we're very lucky that that good we're stuff just network reloading. Just, yeah. <laughs> so like that's mostly what it's for for us to not feel so guilty to use use all their resources. So <laughs> yeah, sign up. Uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Okay, I know you heard about it the all because it was all that anyone was talking about for basically the past week was the possibility of a rail strike. And oh, how I thought you were talking about Kevin be. from TikTok. Oh, I don't know about Kevin from TikTok. That's all, that's all everyone in my circle was talking about <laughs> last week. <laughs> Kevin, the guy from TikTok who... Kevin who, from uh, TikTok. Who, who's the female gaze guy. No, we don't have I don't know about anything that. about this. You well, know what? You know, mark That's it down. good. That's okay. good. <laughs> don't learn anything about Kevin. I'm it's Googling bad. Kevin from TikTok. Okay, I'll send you a video. I'll send you a, a YouTube. She's showing me Kevin Hart, uh, no. which yeah. I think is not correct. Um, okay. So chugga, chugga, chugga. The yeah, train, so we, the train we discussed this bad. when it last was a possibility, right? They were going to do a rail strike or whatever. Or, or you know, the contracts were... Uh, uh, so okay so background here the the (laughs) the the, there's much to to talk about here okay so there are in the rail industry there are 12 different unions that represent a total of 115 in the thousand workers 12 12 different unions (laughs) (laughs) in the rail transportation industry (laughs) um they don't usually all bargain at the same time, but uh, things have happened where, like, their contract expired in 2020 uh, mm-hmm. at various times. And because of the pandemic, they've all sort of coalesced that it just so happens they're all negotiating at the same time now. Um, so they've been negotiating, like, since 2020 to try and get a better contract, um, and they have been largely unable to. Um, so, uh, there's this whole process and it's governed by the Railway Labor Act, which is from 1920 something. Um, of course it's been amended a bunch of times, but it literally is from before the National Labor Relations Act that, you know, governs how everyone else does unions, yeah. uh, the railroads and then also the airlines. Cause when airlines were created or became a thing, uh, Congress decided that they would also be governed under the Railroad Labor Act. You know, they have their own rules. 
Um, and it's basically a system of rules and bargaining and, uh, you know, arbitration and whatnot that is designed to, uh, make it extremely difficult for workers to actually exercise yeah, any of to their keep, collective power. To keep power. the products rolling. Right. Because um, it's an acknowledgement that the folks who run the railroad actually have tremendous power. They could shut down basically the whole country, which was why, uh, you know, Biden uh, last week was like, we need to, you know, there's only a couple days left until the final, like, legal strike deadline when they finally would be allowed to strike happens. Uh, so we need to, like, have Congress basically ratify, like, say, this is going to be the contract. We know you didn't agree to it, but, like, too bad, which is the thing they can do under the Railroad Labor Act. Because um, they're like, well, we which don't want anyone wild. to strike. Just think, just think about that. Like, the legislature in a country should not be able to, like, tell you what you have to work for. Like, that should be none yeah. of their business. Like, like, uh, like, that's insane. <laughs> like, right. This is like all of the bad things people who are like anti-communist think about communism, where like the government interferes and tell you exactly what you can and can't do with your employment. Like, right? Yeah. I don't know how how is how have people just accepted that this is the way it is? It's nuts. So there's uh, there's a few articles that I put in here, and I'm sure some of them have timelines of like how all of this has gone. Um, yeah, it's all very. It's involved like rounds of negotiation and then the president appointed a presidential emergency board that like talked to the railway workers to figure out what their issues were, then talked to the railroad industry and then basically just did everything the railroad industry told them to do and ignored the workers and said, here's what we think you should have in a contract. Um, and then that didn't work. So then at some point in like September, I think it was a couple months ago, the uh, secretary of labor, Marty Walsh, like sat down and hammered out a comp so quote unquote compromise contract agreement between the union negotiators and the, the, um, the, the railroads. And now that, that, that contract has been getting voted on by these 12 different unions. And um, it's interesting because people will say like, oh, well, a majority of unions voted to ratify the agreement, which is true, uh, but not a majority of workers because some of these unions are very <laughs> small and some of them are very large. And a majority of workers, railroad workers, voted not to ratify the agreement, um, but that uh, which would have led to a strike. Uh, but uh, then um, Biden came in and said, no, we're just going to have Congress impose this, basically. Um, and they say like, well, uh, their, their thing is, you know, impose the agreement that was agreed upon between the unions and the railroads. And it's like, well, but it wasn't agreed upon because it was put forward to the members who, who turned did not it down, ratify it. Yeah. Right. So, um, but so that's they're basically their, just counting on people's ignorance and not knowing what's going on. Like most yes, things, these they're, days. they're deliberately trying to obscure how this actually works. And so like, okay, so what's that issue here is actually not pay, which is kind of unusual for a union negotiation. Yeah. Um, rail, railroad workers are compensated pretty well. And the reason they're compensated pretty well is because it's a pretty shit job. Uh, right. And uh, what's actually an issue here is the fact that they currently get zero. That's a big old goose egg sick days that they can take. So if you get sick uh, and you call in and say, I'm sick, I can't come in. You could get disciplined for that, you know, including getting fired. Um, because the other thing that's in action here is is um, 
things like uh, what uh, Burlington Northern Santa Fe has, the high vis is what they call their attendance policy. And there are similar policies at the other railroads, which are basically like you are on call at any time on any day of the month, except for like a few days of the month that you have off. Um, which is like one or two, I think. And by the way, that doesn't include, they don't get weekends off. So yeah. this is like at any time, except for your like two allocated days off a month, they can call you at 2 a.m. in the middle of the night and be like, you need to, you know, come in within the next couple hours you're, and, and drive you're a train. more on call than the most important in-demand doctors of the world. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> you know, nurses or things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the reason that they have this policy is because the way that railroads currently operate is a complete, uh, like anarchic, not mess of nonsense, um, that's been helpfully given the name precision scheduled railroading, which is sort of a term that gets tossed around. Um, it, it's about as meaningful as like lean manufacturing is these days or like things like that, you know, like just in time. It's sort of yeah. the similar thing where it like encompasses a lot of ideas. And if you actually implemented it, like how it's meant to be implemented, like in total, it actually works pretty well. But of course, the railroads have not done that. Basically, what they've done is try to run uh, much longer trains more frequently with fewer stops. Um, which just leads to some sort of schedule chaos because they don't really schedule trains, despite the fact that it's called precision scheduled railroading. Um, they don't really actually schedule trains. They just sort of go when they are ready to go. So there's not really yeah. a lot of predictability around anything. And, and then, we've talked about this before. Um, yeah, on, on a on an episode, we did a we did a pop off episode about yeah. it, which we'll link in the show notes, um, discussing this in more detail. And um, I want to say this is a this is a sorry to interrupt, but this is a this is like a theme in all industries right now in all fields. Like I see it pop up a lot in IT, um, where I'm constantly trying to reiterate to people that the problem is not technological, the problem isn't material, the problem it's is logistical. It's managerial. Yeah. It's it's be and and what it is is capitalism and in the modern way that our world works demands that you not plan for the future right. that you do not make plans and stick to them because you just need to constantly be sapping as much juice out of everything as you can with no regard to the consequences that or the fallout that may happen because what is most important is quarter over quarter results quote unquote right Yes. Which in most and, fields is profits. Right. And that's really taken hold in the automotive in, or not, the railroad industry, especially as so BNSF is owned by Berkshire Hathaway, uh, which is Warren Buffett's company. Um, and, you know, all so the it's other, an investment vehicle. Exactly. So so that's <laughs> not the part, not a service. <laughs> basically. Yeah. So like basically they don't do any maintenance on anything, which is because great. that that is that doesn't serve them in the short term or in the short term to do maintenance right. that just costs money in the short term um and then there's also this whole thing of the operating ratio which is sort of the the railroading term for like your profit margin it's like how much of the money that comes in to the railroad actually goes towards running it and they're constantly trying to get that number down um and yeah. as you can imagine there's sort of a minimum viable amount 
of that, you know? <laughs> and like, we've we've definitely reached that. Like in there are fixed every costs <laughs> to running a railroad, but they keep, yeah. the, you know, they're basically cutting, like, they've cut to the bone. They're cutting into the bone now. And the whole thing with precision scheduled railroading is like, basically, you're like, oh, we have all this equipment uh, you know, locomotives and whatnot and and, and tr- rail yards and all this stuff that we don't really need because we can run trains more efficiently or whatever. Um, and so uh, they've just been trying to do that. And what it does is it just increases the precarity and workload of all of the workers. Um, Knowledge. You know, and, and it's led yeah. to, at the same time, they've been doing it layoffs. It strings everything out. Like, like, I see the obvious end and outcome of this strategy I just in my head, it's like uh, I just see ruins of former nations like I see like Mayan and Egyptian ruins and like sand dunes covering up buildings because like that's what this is like collapse mindset. Like this is what leads to collapse. It's a it's a the term that I like to use is managed decline, which is basically like we're just going to like ride this thing down and get everything we can out of it while we can. Yeah. Um, and this is sort of the point that folks have been making that like, if something doesn't change here, the factors are thus that like railroading is going to experience some sort of existential crisis in the next few decades, because a lot of their labor is nearing retirement age and they are yeah. not bringing new people in. And, and certainly their, uh, you know, employment terms aren't really enticing people to come in anyway. They've been operating and- a later <laughs> labor shortage, essentially. Yeah. And the um, lie that the that that Silicon Valley and the tech optimists have been telling capital for so long is trust us, bro. We're gonna have a robot. Just trust us. Yeah, well, trust us, bro. This. And AI will fix it. Don't worry about it. We're gonna by the time all these people retire, we're gonna have some some other magical um, spell that will fix this. And it's like yeah. that's a scam. And now you know. With the implosion of like FTX and like all this crypto stuff and all that, like, and everyone's sort of seeing that like Silicon Valley is like a bunch of hoo ha, like nonsense. Um, right. We were starting to realize like, oh, these people, these prophets that prophesied that they would have this solution for this problem don't. And so we're starting to run up against those walls that they said they would remove a long time ago. And, and railroads have a solution for this that they want to impose. This is one of the issues. Uh, at dispute, it's called uh, you know one man operation or one person train operation. Right now, it takes two people to operate a train. You have the engineer who actually drives the train. Which is wild to train. think about. There should be yeah. a lot more people. <laughs> it, it, right. So if the engineer actually drives the train, the conductor who does everything else, they handle like the routing, the manifest, you know, keeping track of everything that's on there. And then when something breaks, which it does quite frequently because they don't maintain their infrastructure or their you know equipment yeah. at all, it's usually the conductor who has to get out and go look at that um what they want to do is they say well like well one person can just do all of these tasks now meanwhile they've been making trains incredibly long we're talking about two three miles long sometimes even longer you know hundreds of cars and so if you know a a knuckle breaks on a car uh that's you know two miles back and you have one person operating the train they need to walk two miles you know, find out where it's been broken and then like go back and figure out what they need to do to fix it or call someone or what. It's not feasible. It doesn't make sense, especially considering the railroads go through a lot of like hinterland. Like you, you need two people to make this stuff work. It's just not safe. Listen, my, my office 
right is is right off of a, a part of the like the railroad goes along the highway that's right by my office and it's like a major major artery that that leads out from you know um warehouses in the inland empire that are taking all the stuff from the ports in la right um mm-hmm. and then they're getting on trains and coming by us and and what sucks is our school is bisected by this highway and this railroad mm-hmm. and every once in a while it probably happens like two or three times a year there's a there's an issue with the rail they got to stop it and now you now the buses the school buses can't get out of school yeah people are trapped because right. they block um, the crossing <laughs> yeah and 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 it's it, i mean it takes forever it's these these lines are so these lines of trains like i'll sit there and watch them out of my office and i'm like holy cow how many trains do they have how many cars do they have yeah. on this thing i mean if you've if you've sat at a, a railroad crossing and thought this seems like this is taking longer than it like i remember it taking you're not you're not alone in thinking that you're not wrong it, it literally has the trains have gotten longer over the oh years. also there's a ton like a huge uh like Cal Portland cement and CMEX have huge plants like right on this line too, which disrupts it. Like, right. Yeah. So that's, there's a lot of traffic going through here. <laughs> so, you ha- so you have all that, you know, one person operation. Oh, the railroads like to point out, they're like, well, one person operation works in other countries. And they usually point to like European countries, which are first of all, smaller. And secondly, typically have nationalized railroads that operate right. with completely different managerial structures <laughs> and, and maintain and their equipment incentives. And yeah, exactly. It's like, <laughs> yeah, but you don't do any of that, which they yeah. don't like it when you point that out. Um, so, but in the meantime, you know, over the past six years, the railroads have reduced their workforce by 29%. Um, it was so bad that last summer, 2021, Union Pacific had to close service for a week between LA and Chicago because they didn't have enough equipment or manpower. Like, they're at a labor shortage, basically, and yeah. but they still can't. The ultimate thing at issue here is that the railroad workers would like some guarantee of, you know, sick time or, or time off. Um, and, and in fact, so so the the compromise that was come up with when the, the secretary of labor got involved was that the railroads agreed to give um, like a single day of sick leave to workers, but it had to be scheduled a month beforehand and it could only be taken on Tuesdays, Wednesdays or Thursdays. And that was their like fine best final offer. Um, this is a wild and you know so so railroad workers are saying like no you know we need to be able to take you know like four five six seven sick days you know whenever we need them because that's the whole point well and especially covid exposed the the issue with this right because like you need more days than that to get over the the pandemic illness (laughs) so you don't spread it right um and in the meantime you know uh the railroads are like, well, we just can't afford to do that, you know? Um, and you know, uh, you know what I'm going to call a big old BS on that. Yeah. So railroad profits have soared, uh, over the past couple of years, um, as their, as their labor costs have actually gone down. Um, and indeed they've been so well that since 2010, all of the, uh, class one railroads have paid out a total of $136 billion in stock buybacks and cash. Um, that Hmm. is, uh, uh, you know, it's a total, uh, uh, in terms of both 
um, stock buybacks and dividends, they've spent $183 billion on that. Well, Andrew, when you um, think about that, buybacks and dividends, that's really just, that's 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 pro-worker, you know? It's right. The, the, when you think about it, the real workers are the, are the stockholders. Yeah. Well, so so keep that in your mind. One hundred eighty-three billion dollars. Guess how much they've spent yeah. on infrastructure in that same time? Ooh, not that much. One hundred and thirty-eight billion dollars. So they they've spent more money buying back stock and returning money to stockholders than they have to actually maintain their equipment. So gross. Um, and what the what the railroads like to say, um, you know, in response to like this, like hey, you should give your workers paid leave is, uh, you know, this is from the Association of American Railroads, which is like the, you know, the trade group of them all. It says, on average, railroaders own $135,000 annually in total pay and benefits, which is higher than the average compensation of industries that employ 94% of the U.S. workforce. So they're trying to say like, well, we we pay them so well already, $135,000 annually, which sounds like a lot, right? Except um, note that they say in total pay and benefits. Um, they basically are counting like your healthcare costs as and, part of and your retirement, right? Um, the average salary for a rail conductor is sixty-seven thousand dollars and seventy-three thousand dollars for an engineer. If you actually um look up, you know, according to the Bureau of Labor and Statistics, so which that's um, like not quite not as lucrative. a lot for for how hard a job that is. Like I know people who've worked in those positions, and that's like no, it's hard work, man. It's you're just sweating in a large metal box. Yeah, like I mean, so ugh. so becoming like an engineer, or whatever, is one of the best paying jobs that you can get without a college degree. But you mm. you pay for that, right? In terms yeah. of you know the actual exertion and time, and you know, like you you don't get to like see your children grow up and things like that. You don't get to yeah. go to their uh, you know recitals or soccer games or whatever because you are on call all the time and you may be out of town. Because some train took you across the country, you know, things like that. So, um, you know, it basically was getting close to where the workers were going to be able to strike. Um, and so it was important that we intervene in that, not to actually like, um, you know, provide a, a conclusion, you know, to that that would benefit rail workers, but just to impose the deal that was rejected by a majority of the rail workers and say like... Uh, well, you know, this is fine anyway. Like, you'll just have to deal with this. So it was uh, uh, the train president, Joe Brandon, um, who said, hey, we have to do something about this and got co Congress to do something perhaps more quickly than I've ever seen them react to it. <laughs> they were like, oh, an opportunity to, like, discipline workers? Like, we're all over it. Clap for that, you stupid bastards. And the meantime, they're saying like, well, we understand this need for paid leave, but like, listen, we just really need to get like, we'll deal with that later. Right. Like, we really just need to avert this strike, you know, um, which is in the one hand, it's, you know, taking the power away from the workers to exercise. But also, on the other hand, it, it completely ignores the fact that it is entirely possible that the railroads could have done a lockout anyway. Uh, but basically yeah. no one is questioning the like position or conduct of the railroads here. They're just like, oh, well, the, you know, the, the workers are going to go on strike um, and that would cripple the, the economy. And so we've got to prevent that. Uh, and so they did, they, they, they passed 
bills in both the House and Senate within a matter of days of each other um, that basically impose this agreement. Um, with the, Remember with when the, people like, were one, like pro Biden because leave. he was like he was like the the labor president and like you're like I you don't know Joe about Biden. that guy and they're like better than anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Union Joe. Um. Yeah. It. So you know. Um. Frankly, I don't know. Uh. Like. So at this point, it is now technically like there's an agreement in place. It is technically illegal for for railroad workers to strike. But I think. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out, because I think a lot of them are fed up that they don't really care. And also, like, what exactly would the government do in this situation? Like, this isn't a thing like the the PATCO, the air traffic controller strike in the 1980s, where Reagan fired them all and replaced them all with military air traffic controllers. Like, there's no secondary level of train engineers that you can call upon at this point. Right. Like, so if they all walked yeah. off. That would be that you can't get like the U.S. Army does have a railroad, but like, you know, it's not very big. They certainly don't have enough engineers to operate the entire national rail system. So do you think that they that they are just banking on workers being so dispirited and so like on the edge of like like like, like everyone, every worker in this country is so like one one thing away from becoming homeless like yeah do you think that I they're think just that, counting that they're not gonna fight and yeah i, and I, I honest, honestly think I, they think that they're not gonna put up a fight like I they're just kind gonna be of like, think well, they fine. might be right unfortunately which is yeah. a really sad thing to think about right because like, at what, what point do you realize i have nothing left to lose do you know what i mean but i don't i i keep thinking people are gonna get to that point in the world and I mean, me, like me myself, like I, I, you know, you just freaking sit well, the, down and take it and it sucks. The problem is that if the railroad workers did strike, the narrative in the media would not be on their side. It would no. be about how like railroad workers are striking and it's ruining Christmas, right? Because this is the railroads are how we get our treats, basically. I mean, I sat at a railroad crossing the other day. Um, and it was a Norfolk Southern intermodal train, so full of containers. And I yeah. swear, every almost all every single it was all Amazon Prime containers, almost yeah. all of them. Yeah. Uh, like more than I've ever seen on a train before. So yeah. like they would just portray because they don't have any concept of like you know saying like they can bring. We've seen this in the UK where the 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 train drivers in the UK are striking, and they keep bringing the the boss of the union on the UK, and they're like you know, why are you uh, preventing people from getting to work? Why are you hurting the working people or whatever? Um, yeah. And he is able to definitely handle those situations. But like, frankly, in America, they just wouldn't even bring um, rail workers on to talk about that. In fact, I have to find there was a tweet um, where someone pulled in coverage about this that happened over the past week. And at one point, I think it was on CNN, um, they're like, you know, now joining us to talk about the rail strike, the president of uh, Bank of America. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, that really an expert that you brought on here to discuss the issues at and hand. And it's really you know? difficult because, like, think about how many rail engineers do you know? How many railroad workers do you know personally that you, like, have a relationship that you, like, communicate with? I mean, I've known people who have worked in the industry, but they all became super MAGA type people. So I don't right. deal with them anymore. So there's this, like, the alienation 
of our current society and like how we're all trapped in these little isolated bubbles, like only helps this situation because nobody feels any sense of solidarity. Nobody's like knows someone immediately who, who it affects. It was the same thing with COVID where like, there are people who are like, I don't know anybody who died from COVID. Everyone's fine. It's not a big deal. Meanwhile, there's whole communities just completely ravaged and killed by it. But like, right. nobody's talking to each other from those different groups. So I don't know, man, I, it sucks. Well, and like, I, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think too, that I think there are going to be consequences for the Democrats because they try to portray themselves as, as the, you know, the party of unions and they've just very directly gone against unions. Here. I think, I think the Democrats, like, I mean, I don't ever know, like I, I've kind of tried to get myself out of the like partisan politics, guessing or forecasting game. But like there was two big things that the Democrat or three, probably three big things that the Democrats have like promised. It was, um, reproductive rights, right? That was like a big yeah. thing. We're going to fight for that. And then people like watched as they basically allowed those to be stripped. And then yeah, they you just, know, they just stood by and went like, damn, that sucks. And then the second thing was, um, student loans, right? They finally got off their ass and said, okay, we're going to take care of some part of student loans. We're going to do something. And everyone was like, oh, finally. And now that looks like it's probably not going to happen could could the courts could just be like nah you can't do that um I, I returned to a tweet uh from luke savage from 2020 uh and he said adolf reed jr once remarked that liberals don't really believe in politics anymore just in bearing witness to suffering i think about yeah. that a lot and i think adolf about that a lot <laughs> yeah yeah adolf reed he's an interesting fellow but he's he's got some really interesting thought nuggets like that really oh you know what that's true and i don't remember what the third thing i said was gonna it was a student loans reproductive rights oh and then the other thing was like labor stuff like right they were gonna put in a good gonna pass the person in the nlrb they were gonna yeah and that all of that stuff is all that stuff they made it look like it was gonna happen right at the midterms and it gave them a boost but I think th there's enough people that have been burned. Like I've seen people who were like, you know, sort of like raw, raw MSNBC liberals. Like they're just done with it. So I, I will I'm, say hopefully that, that happens. I will say that I think this is a, a critical error on the part of the Biden administration, not just because it's like obviously wrong and bad to do, but because like their whole concern. It's an easy win. <laughs> yeah. Their whole concern is like, oh, you know, the economy is going to be hurt and whatever and like unpopularity and whatever. And I would point out that, the, number one, the midterms have already happened. So that's not an issue anymore. And yeah. secondly, the next elections are two years away. And I guarantee you that like the strike would be of such um, severity, like immediately that it would get resolved pretty quickly. And people will forget about this in by, by the time of the next election, you know, like, yeah. so I don't know why they rushed this well now. i do i do know why and it's and it's that's this is the thing that more and more people are really realizing and you and me both know it but we don't always consciously think about it but it's revealing more and more that like the democrats and the republicans have the same boss so like right. it shouldn't be any surprise that they work toward the same end well like, and we like, always you, forget like, <laughs> like yeah sure the unions donate to the democratic party but you know who donates even more the railroads right, <laughs> right. Like, it's just a matter of who's paying your bills at the end of and the, the day. And when you say the unions donate, it's not 
it's not union members per se. It's not the union. It's it's the leadership of the unions, which a lot of the leadership yeah, of the unions like are the just, actual, you know, they're the just corporations themselves. They're just their own different kind of CEO bilking a different kind of system. Like, and, and that's what, why it's important for, for union rank and file members to get more organized and make their unions more democratic because right. this is the kind of situation you get stuck in. It's a quagmire. Yeah. And this is what we've seen too, is this, this um, labor dispute has sort of revealed some of the major differences between like the folks who run the union and the actual rank and file and how their incentives are not aligned either. So, yeah, I, I was just, know. I was talking with the friend who was like part of that Yahtzee um, stuff that was like the same kind of thing that happened, you know, and their, their union negotiations and all the rank and file members didn't want the contract. The leadership was like, just take it. And eventually, you know, and they're kind of like, man, this is just all way too familiar. Yeah. <laughs> There's just yep. not enough rank and file members who get it who are willing to challenge the leadership of the union and do what they know is well, right. Well, and I th I think that people are just in general afraid to strike. Uh, Which I know, understand. For, like, for, people for don't have savings. They don't have strike right. funds. They don't have anything to fall back on. Like, that, and but that's I think why. We don't, we don't have, like, a recent enough memory of a strike working to call upon, mm. you know? So I, I get that too. you do that analysis in your mind, and you're like, it just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. But I don't know. We need some... Somebody somewhere has got to take the plunge at some point, you know, and I kind of hoped yeah. it would be the railroads because like what like you can't replace like you can fire them. Where are you going to where are you going to hire scabs from? You know, like, come on. So like, do you really want the 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 there to be an increase in derailments and right. uh, trains running over people and stuff? I mean, it's, that's a, skill, what will it's happen. a skilled profession. Like you cannot just bring <laughs> it's people. a skill issue, Andrew, and yeah. they don't want to resolve it because of woke. And few mm. understand this. <laughs> anyway. All right. I'm tired of talking about this now because it makes no me more, sad and angry. <laughs> no more trains. We decided we were going to change the world and we did. Let's talk about an, a, 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 just a delightful, cool person. Yeah, one of one of TikTok's <laughs> own, uh, the Liver King. Um, this is a guy who, um, what's his thing? He likes to like he opens every video saying like "What's up, primals" or something like that. You know, like some his whole thing is like, oh, I, I, you know, it's like the paleo diet taken to an extreme yeah. where he only eats like uncooked organ meat and whatever, and he's like yeah. big and jacked and whatever. Um, he's, it, he's, he's not, he's like jacked in a super disconcerting way. He's got like a 17 pack. He looks like, he looks like he's like burning up on the inside. Like, like, like a star is inside of him. He's become so dense that he's going to start fusing or something like he's very sweaty right. and glistening. I don't like looking at him. It's bad. Uh, and it turns out the reason that that looks so unsettling is because he was doing uh, an amount of pharmaceutical steroids, uh, three injections a day, almost $12,000 a month, um, wow. while promoting this sort of brand of holistic, ancestral, like primal living kind of thing, which was sort of silly anyway, because, you know, they do like, oh, what's up, primals or whatever. He's always walking around with his shirt off, but then he'd be in like fancy hotels in Las Vegas, and it's like, I don't, that seems incongruous to me. I don't know. Shouldn't you be in like a, a waddle and daub hut? Yeah. Shouldn't you be staying in like a yurt somewhere? Like, come on. <laughs> um, yeah. And it turns out the whole thing is BS, which, you know, was not a surprise to me, but yeah, it is who, sort of who funny. Who could have known? 
it is funny to me when these sorts of things, you know, come out, I guess. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, yeah, well, it turns out, like, isn't the turns out on this guy that he basically had product that he wanted to sell and he contacted like a marketing firm and said, hey, how can I do this? And right. it, he came up with his whole thing based on that. It wasn't like something he was already doing. So it's 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 all a fiction anyway. Right. And I should say as well, this isn't like an accusation. He has owned up to it. Uh, so he's I mean, I don't even care. They can, what are they going to do? Sue us? What, take my money. I don't have any money. Right. Now, nowadays, there's no is, consequence to it. What I, what I do think is sort of sad is like his wife, who he calls the liver queen, is in a number of his videos and she does not look like she's having a good time to be oh, honest gosh. like why do they always have like a, a a captured princess locked in the tower emotionally kind of a situation i don't know it's they're, like bizarre. their eyes are always pleading please god help me somebody it's, yeah man so i'm curious to see what happens to this guy because i feel like he's sort of lost all credibility for his thing so i don't know will be interesting um I, I would like to see TikTok take more action with their algorithm because it shows this sort of stuff to people. Um, yeah. And the, and, the and other thing that it shows promotes to people, a lot of really dangerous stuff. Yeah. You get like the carnivore MD guy who is always talking about like GMOs. And there's a, there's a lot of those accounts that talk about like, oh, don't put this in your body. And they're just like listing off the ingredients in completely normal things. And admittedly, you know, the scientific names for certain things sound weird and they just sort of rely on that to be like, oh, you know, like don't don't put ascorbic acid in your body kind of thing. Um, yeah, um, it, it's it's seed very, oils and all of that. It's very WhatsApp chat group sort of culture of like just weird scams but you and things. get tiktok's algorithm is so messed up because it like showed me one of those videos once and i sort of tapped into it because i was like what is this guy's deal you know yeah i i like wanted to like look at his instagram profile and, all. and so from that interaction tiktok was like oh this is what you want huh and i just got then oh. served so much of this stuff and oh. i could see how you would get captured by it and you'd be like oh uh, you know, listen, I have to, you know, do like an animal, like organ based diet now. Um, you know, it's stuff difficult. that can actually harm you quite. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of the difficulties of TikTok since it's like out of China. There's there's just like a really different expectation about that kind of thing, I think. And and there's like what legal recourse is there, you know? Yeah. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't see it getting much better, unfortunately. I will say I appreciate the TikTok algorithm is much more responsive to when you tell it, do not show this to me. Like right. I I've had a good experience with that where that doesn't work at all on any other social network. Like I still get tons of stuff on Instagram that I do not want to see. The fact that it's sort of showing you that stuff in the first place. And right. then if you if you aren't immediately like you know, aware to the BS that it'll keep yeah. showing and to say, don't show me this. It'll keep showing you that anyway, this apparently had effects in, in Britain too, where, um, you know, younger kids are getting served a lot of right wing stuff and like stuff for, with Andrew Tate and all of that. And it's having a concerning yeah. effect on our young people. Every nephew needs a lefty uncle who's on, who's on the same social media platforms as them. Cause that's the role I fill. So yeah. like, well, as soon as as soon as my nephew you need was to, on you need TikTok, to be sending stuff to I your, your sending old lefty stuff, uncle, yeah, like anti Andrew Tate stuff. And so my nephew is like 
huge anti Andrew Tate, like (laughs) all of that stuff. It's like, you have to perceive the threat, find something to neutralize it and send it to them. Like that is the job of the uncle. Right. So anyway, also TikTok is that. (laughs) Yeah. Remember we talked about pink pink sauce sauce follow up pink sauce, which was like this person was making. Did you hear Siri just talking at me? I did a little bit, yeah. It, it, my watch is terrible. See, yeah, it, it always the, the does that. Apple Assistant is just trap. I'm almost like this close to just turning it off on all my devices because it's like more annoying than helpful. Pink sauce, right, sorry. basically, Pink sauce. basically, this uh, chef, so-called chef, was uh, making this sauce like in her kitchen, and you know, not really doing professional preparation, sending it out very hot without any preservatives, you know, in the middle we of the summer, kind of stuff. The term chef, because it yeah. has gotten out of control, and not because I think I'm not mad that people are stealing the valor of chefs. On it's actually like. You need to know when you can properly identify a chef because usually they're terrible people too. Like, so like I want to know, oh, this is just a home cook. I can kind of trust them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I can kind of be like, oh, they probably don't know what they're talking about. Right. <laughs> so so after a questionable summer to this, uh, I guess the, the creator of this has partnered with Dave's Gourmet, a hot sauce company to actually make this like a proper product. Um, and so, you know, you can now get it now. It, it has actual preservatives, things like that. And it's probably guaranteed to, uh, you know, not have botulism in it. Um, and indeed, so, um, someone from, uh, vice got a hold of it. Um, the first thing they note that pink sauce is in fact orange. Um, and then they said <laughs> that it, it, uh, um, just, uh, doesn't taste very good because it's like a dragon fruit coconut cream vinegar garlic ranch concoction it just um, i don't understand how those combos can be good it says here it smells as if ranch dressing went bad there is no hint of any potential <laughs> sweetness from the dragon fruit or coconut cream it smells of very sour perhaps expired ranch dressing i licked some of the sauce off of a chopstick and gagged on it it tastes that way too—a very sour, very salty knockoff ranch dressing. The aftertaste is a bit spicy and leaves the tongue and throat slightly tingling a few seconds after. I did not enjoy it. However, I am also not a fan of ranch dressing in general, so I asked my ranch-loving roommate to try it as well. They sniffed the bottle and said, "Ugh, this smells terrible." Then dipped a finger in to try the sauce. Reacted with a disgusted grunt, followed by, "This is gross." So, this good luck looks to them. like <laughs> Andrew. I have there's you know like those taste memories you have that stick with you in a bad way, like very, yeah. like you almost, you see we, a color and love you the gag. Sense memories. Yeah. So there's one that I have that's very strong of when I was making a haunted house, uh, like, like our, our scout troop was doing a haunted house mm-hmm. and I did a thing where it was like a bunch of blind boxes that you put your hand in and you're supposed to feel something gross. So there's like peeled grapes and you say that there's eyeballs in there. Right. Um, mm-hmm. various things. And the one that I did, another one that I did was guts. And what I did now, listen, this is, this is nine year old, 10 year old Aaron. No, I must've been like closer to 12. So I was just getting really crazy with it. And I cooked a bunch of random noodles, like macaroni and rigatoni and stuff like that, different shapes. And then I covered them in oil to make them like glossy But then I was like, this doesn't have a scent or a smell, and that's important, right? And it doesn't have a color. 
So I went and found a jar, an expired jug of Pepto-Bismol. And I dumped the Pepto-Bismol on it. And then I was like, well, now it smells too sugary. It needs to smell meaty. So then I went and got a bunch of powdered bouillon. Oh, dear. And I sprinkled the powdered bouillon on it. And that combination of oil, um, Pepto-Bismol, and bouillon. Yeah, no, this is not. uh, The smell of it was so bad that my 12-year-old brain was like, this is the worst thing I've, ever. I've and learned, then, right. You're like, I've learned that this is a poison that I should not consume. Because and then it, it will sat <laughs> all night long under this box with people's hands going in it. And someone dared me to eat one of the macaroni in there. Oh, dear. And because I was 12 years old, I did it. And I cannot even tell you how terrible a, <laughs> a feeling it was. Yeah. It was, it was so slimy. It tasted so bad. This was a mistake. It was a huge mistake. And that's exactly what pink sauce reminds me of. Yeah. I think you're right. I think, yeah, pretty much hit the nail on the head there. It's bad. Don't don't waste your money. (laughs) Yeah. Or do and uh, tell us about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So FTX, one of the crypto things, whatever, uh, collapsed. Crypto exchange. Under under Sam Bankman fraud. I can't remember if we talked about this or not. I don't know. I think we've talked about it. It doesn't matter. What I find is, is, what I think is very funny is that it has taken down the likes of Sean McElwee, the data for progress guy, (laughs) and also also the guy, yes. Um, This is news to me. Holy crap. So uh, he was, I guess, like an advisor to Sam Bankrun fraud. Um, oh. And so, uh, yeah, um, everyone at Data for Progress got together and was like, yeah, we don't really like, you know, think that you being in charge here is a good idea anymore. Um, and so he's Damn. gone out of out of Data for Progress. Um, this is the guy anyway. Like, he's always been a bandwagoner in like the worst yeah. way. Like, this is the guy who, uh, you know, during Trump's presidency was like tweeting abolish ICE or whatever. And then as soon as Biden won the nomination, he became a centrist and deleted He's all a of big those third tweets. Way boy. Literally, <laughs> literally, literally, he deleted every single tweet on his timeline that said abolish ICE or whatever. Yeah. So he's um, frankly a jerkwad. So, I, yeah. you know, I believe this is what he deserved. Um, I love sense. to it's see very, very funny to me that. Yeah. That he, you don't. You know, <laughs> the writers took him down. The writers of this series have really in the past few seasons have just stopped having consequences happen. And so right. it's really delightful it's, to actually see that. It's worth noting, too, that that SBF and FTX were sort of darlings of the Democratic media because they made a big show of donating to Democrats for political campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did come out this week that, of course, in fact, uh, SBF was donating to Republicans the entire time, but was doing it through, <laughs> like, dark money stuff. Uh-huh. Um, literally, literally on tape, him saying that, like, he did that because... He didn't want to get like yelled at by people for donating to, um, you know, Republicans or whatever. But, you know, he was just spending money on whoever he just wanted favorable regulation for for crypto. Right. stuff. So, you know, right. Very funny guy has like absolutely no morals or consistent set of ideology beyond like personal gain. Um, so it's it makes funny because he teamed all- up with Sean McElwee, who also doesn't have any of that. It's funny because all of these guys also, they like thrive on this publicity that that is like, 
the new genius that's going to save the world. It's this like moral savior yeah, complex boy, the, kind of thing. Sam Bankman Fried got called boy genius a lot, and like, <laughs> dude's as old as I am. Like, he's not a boy, <laughs> frankly. Like, I can't even call myself a boy anymore. You know, I'm yeah. thirty years old. He's actually younger than me. Whippersnapper. Um, so, <laughs> freaking zoomers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everyone younger than me is a zoomer everyone yeah. older than me is a boomer he's younger than me by like two whole months but you know <laughs> um, also other stuff another crypto company called BlockFi filed for bankruptcy uh, we'd love because, to see it you know this is all Huge. just this is all just a house of cards and then separately not related to crypto but also in the realm of bad banking related things uh, go and bust uh, Glorify the anti-woke bank has also uh-huh. uh, closed up shop so I didn't uh, even know that Glorify existed. So uh, Glorify was a bank, um, uh, you know, uh, touted by the likes of Candace Owens. It was an anti-woke bank and they had a rather hilarious like opening advertisement when they started up back in like October, which, by the way, that's how uh-huh. long they lasted. They, you know, was like, uh, you know, we won't be, you know, a bank that won't make you feel bad for not being woke or whatever. kind of. And it was just, uh, um, you know, nothing frankly <laughs> so that's Man, also gone you, you I, hate to see I it will... you know <laughs> it's just funny like because i'm watching the latest season of mythic quest which mm-hmm. is like an apple tv plus series about like video game company basically that does like an mmo and then the founders of them like you know trying to new new ideas and stuff like that and this this latest season it it was produced a little bit farther back ago than you normally would like i feel like the turnaround time on the season being released was longer than normal and so there's all of this like nft crypto stuff going on that they're talking about like it's the way of the future and it's so funny how poorly that's aged even within like a year yeah (laughs) and these people that are supposed to be smart and cool in the show now you look at them and you're like man what a dumbass oopsie yeah what a what a what a what a stupid person that like made a big mistake and it doesn't but it doesn't read like that because they're assuming that this will just continue on you know like the writers of the show it's pretty funny yeah and finally, our usual installment of For Sure Man. Um, <laughs> we open with one that I knew you were going to see and like. So <laughs> This is just like, I don't, I don't even know where, where to start with this. First of all, I will tell you that Clifford Smith is a former follower. We are former mutuals from back in the day. So yeah. um, this so tells guess- you how far I've come. Okay. Right. So I guess there was some sort of uh, offensive chance from someone was complaining about the mockery. This is Total Blue Sports, which I guess is a a BYU fan site. The mockery of Latter-day Saints by Pac-12 schools fans, the latest by Stanford, is very disappointing. Um, And so Clifford Smith... Oh, go ahead. It's funny because none of the articles say what they said. I think they just said, fuck the Mormons in a chain. Yeah. So then Clifford Smith quote tweeted this and said, the LDS church has been the subject of more bigotry than just about any other religious group in America. I think this is simply true historically. It seems most people are okay with religious bigotry provided the group is seen as being a social slash political rival. Uh, What what do you think about that? (laughs) 
I would just like to point to um, Jews. Uh, so it's like interesting. To, let's that run you this say by. That. Let's run this by the Jews. Let's run this by uh, the Muslims. Because some, <laughs> someone, someone the replied to him and was like, <laughs> someone replied to him and was like, well, except for the Jews, right? And he said, like, no, not except for the Jews. They've been, <laughs> they've been more oppressed than the Jews. I, I can't link that tweet because he deleted it because obviously yeah. that's one I of the dumbest things one. you could say. Yeah. Um, yeah. This so. was all happening on like a day where I was super busy at work. And I swear like 14 different people like contacted me and were like, dude, Aaron, what do Aaron, you think about Aaron. this? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I can't be your official Mormon insight person. But um, yeah. the thing is that like inside the church and its culture, like in the United States, it is super, oh, I'm super, sure that this super is, yeah. victim mentality. Like it, it really is. That's how you're taught to think about it. Like, you're taught to think of and, and and that informs a lot of the way that like people in the church behave because they feel like a targeted like group and they have that excuse that you know evangelicals also have that martyr complex right right where yeah. simultaneously in reality they're one of the most influential powerful blocks in the United States, but they think they're oppressed and they're a minority, which right they because aren't, not, right? not everything serves them all of the time. Right. So. And, and, but the, but Mormons have, and that's, have that's the, Orwellian to me. Yeah. <laughs> Mormons have the advantage of having at least some historical persecution Ex right. that they Examples can point of, to. Yeah. Right. Because I mean, and, and you, you can have a different opinion about like whether the way that, that Mormons were treated in early American history was like warranted or not. But needless to say, there, there, there was some pretty drastic like stake action taken against the church. Um, and so that is like deep, deep, uh, the deep state in taking the psyche. action against a group. I'm just <laughs> surprised. Yeah. yeah. And so like the whole story of the church is like our prophet was martyred for, for the cause. Like, no, don't talk about exactly why it turns out it was like what he did. Right. Um, but like, so the victim complex is like super part of it. And so you get these like white guys living in, uh, in, in freaking like Sandy, Utah, who've like never left, you know what I mean? Except for their two year mission to Brazil, where they were just like baptizing indigenous people in a line for two years straight. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, did, didn't don't had no cultural experience or confrontation with their ideals and came back and started an MLM. Um, and now they, they are like upper, upper middle class and, and never been persecuted in her life. Never had anyone question anything. <laughs> and, and then, and so this is the stuff they have to come up with to feel right. like important and part of the world to yeah. continue the lie. Or, and, and so that you don't question why is my life so much better than everyone else's? Oh, it must mm. be. They're all sinners. Like it's, it's really twisted. I have a lot to say as you can tell, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> Next, we'll we have a um, uh, uh, take about the rail strike. Uh, this is rail workers aren't even proletariat. They produce nothing. They are simply speeding up access to goods like baristas. <laughs> Very good. Kind of gave it I away by calling them rail workers, but yeah. <laughs> rail workers aren't workers. It's like, well, I disagree. Uh like because you called this, them workers in this instance like who can be a worker then like oh um you know actually like 
The proletariat it consists entirely of guys who hit things with hammers. And if you yeah, aren't doing like, that, then you're not a worker. Honestly, if I had a hammer, I could also make an, a car. I could manufacture an automobile. Like they're only right. speeding up the delivery of the vehicle. Like if I had all of those parts, I I mean, surely I could. Do That's it. true. That's a good point. Yeah. You know, there, there maybe there That's, aren't uh, any workers. Maybe the only true workers, Andrew, when you think about it, are sex workers because they're providing the one product that you couldn't get access to on your own. No, I think they're just speeding up access to. Uh, <laughs> Well, hopefully they're not spinning it up too fast. Uh, anyway, um, finally, we have an Elon Musk uh, take. I don't know if you've noticed, uh-huh. but Elon Musk has been a, a topic of discussion lately. Have, have, is he in the news a lot lately? I he is in the news a lot lately. Mm. Um, and I feel like folks who are trying to defend him in spite of his disastrous handling of Twitter are, are really reaching for it. And we have this one here as an example, we need Elon Musk trying to do to fission power, what he did to rocketry and cars, pull them out of a deep, expensive, stagnant rut, not having him fall into social media and building cell phones. Just honestly, him, him like screwing around with social media is kind of where I would like his focus. Cause it keeps him from trying keep to screw him anything busy. else up. I absolutely do not want Elon Musk to do get anything. Uh, anything to do with nuclear technology or whatever, which by the way, he didn't, he didn't really do either of those things, rocketry or cars. Like he's just the money guy. Um, he's not a worker, I'm afraid to say. So, you know, what, 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 what Twitter is for Elon is basically remember those. I don't know if you remember those. Maybe this is only a cultural, cultural touchstone for me, but, um, they're like these felt busy books that people used to give to children. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Where it'll have yeah. something like a shoe and there's laces on it and you tie it. Or there's right. like different little uh, felt you know what figures it is. you can move around the book. You know those little wooden uh, and like metal wire things uh, that <laughs> yes. were in like the lobby of every like dentist office and yeah. uh, great clips? That's what yeah. Twitter is for him. No. Just well, keep I, him preoccupied while the adults do some stuff. I also think that Musk buying Twitter is an object lesson in what happens when you make your hobby your job. <laughs> you know, like that's what happens. Yeah, so. yeah, for real. You gotta leave anyway, some space. That's that's you know the I wisdom mean? I leave you all with at the end of this episode. So, <laughs> yeah. there you go. You're welcome. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made, but I'm working to be better day by day. And I think I'm gonna make it, but for now I'll say I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea what I'm doing.